And hello, movie lovers, and welcome to the show today. With me, I have my good friend Charlie with me, and I also have Vernon with me today. Say hello to everybody. Hello. Hey, everybody. And today, as you know, as you see below, that we're doing a Loki Season 1 spoiler discussion. So if you haven't seen Loki or anything like that, go on ahead, check out Loki, then come back here and watch the spoiler discussion. Another thing, too, is if you don't mind spoilers or whatever, go ahead and check this out anyways, and then go back and watch Loki. But either way it goes, watch Loki. <laughs> so with that being said, I had a lot of fun with this, to be honest with you. I had I was very enticed into the, into the way that this, this thing was actually shot. I liked the introduction into when Loki goes on ahead, takes the, um, takes the cube yet again, and then he gets zapped into this other world that he doesn't even know anything about, and that's actually the time variance of authority and i definitely loved how every single time he would say a word he gets recorded because everything is documented recorded and then he has to sign off on it not only that but there's also another scene too where he pretty much has to take a number because there's a line supposedly supposed to be a line uh to get to the front because of the fact that there's so many people that's dying and ruining the time i got the time tr conspiracies and stuff like that, but still very entertaining. I laughed my butt off at that those scenes. I thought it was very good. Tom Hiddleston as Loki, he's actually one of the best villains that we had aside from Killmonger, because I feel like those two characters themselves um, had best character development and also great layers to those characters. To where I feel like that if Killmonger was still alive, he would actually have his own show though too. But he's not. But Loki is another one of those characters that also was power-driven, has layers to that character, makes you want to see more. Tom Hiddleston is Loki. So, with that being said, what did you guys think about this opening pilot episode? You go ahead um, first, then. Yeah. All right, all right, cool. Well, look, uh, John, thank you so much for having me back on the show. You're welcome, uh, man. It's always back. good to have you. Charlie's always great to see you, my man. Look, I thought, uh, I thought Loki was really intriguing. Uh, you know, when it first started, uh, it's dialogue heavy. The first 10 minutes, you know, I was like, oh, man, this is going to be a waste. You know, <laughs> like my first initial thought was like, oh, this isn't going smooth. Um, but when it started to really pick up and you kind of get into the mythology behind it. Right. Um, and understanding the the layers to this character, you almost it, it humanizes Loki. Right. Like Loki is a villain that is he's not an anti-hero and he's not a true villain because he helps and hurts at the same time. And he's almost like there for comic relief. So it's, it's kind of hard to take Loki seriously uh, in, in the Marvel universe. But then when you watch, you get clearer insight into what makes him tick. Right. And you really start feeling sorry for this person uh, and this character. And you realize that this story and, and this, these episodes are, are really detailed and it's really going to take you on a journey. And honestly, by the end of the first episode, you want more. You know, it's one of the very few. And, you know, obviously WandaVision was okay. I wasn't overly impressed, me personally. Uh, I thought, you know, Falcon and the Winter Soldier was great, had a great philosophical ending. It was much needed. I felt like it was sending a clear message to more of the country as a whole. Uh, but... You know, when it ended, I was like, okay, you know, but this, you almost want, like, where are they going? You know, this has, to me, suspense, um, which Falcon had as well, but this is, to me, is, is, is a darker suspense, right? This is like, a, this is like Saul, you know, meets Silence of the Lambs, right? right. Like, you really want to get into almost the, the grittiness of it, 
and be like, where where's the Loki story ta- uh, taking us? So, you know, overall, the first episode is a must see. If you can get past, in, in all honesty, if you can get past the first probably 10 minutes of dialogue, the next 40 will have you on the edge of your seat. Yeah, I, I mean, I thought it was weird in a good way. It's very trippy, like, very, like, colors are, like, very, it's, like, dark. I mean, you probably have to see this on a really good TV to be able to pick up on everything. It's very dark for a reason. Like, like the whole ticket line thing I thought was pretty funny. Rams like, going in front of the DMV, and the guy's like, what? The guard told me that he didn't give me a ticket. So, I'm very intrigued in the whole TVA because they seem to be powerful than everybody. I'm like, like the the thing that stand out most more was the Infinity Stones when he was looking for the Tesseract and he's like Infinity Stones oh yeah the guy uses his paperweights and I was like dang like kind of like shade it like what Thanos did and stuff but I I loved how they started the show was it goes right back to Endgame the sequence in Endgame I'm like we when we see Loki escape and that's and then how it leads into that that's a I thought that was a great way to start the show. Um, and I liked how they packed a lot of stuff in in this one because it's only six episodes. So this is a very short show, and I think our second season's already being developed. So obviously this is going to have continuity when WandaVision, Wanda I thought it was too quirky, and towards the end it got kind of cool, like when they revealed Agatha. Agatha. Spoiler alert, if you haven't seen WandaVision, that's the... <laughs> yeah, anyway... Um, so you probably need to watch WandaVision before getting to Loki because there's going to be a lot of a lot of those references in Loki. But I I like I, I at the end of it I kind of liked it because I like I wanted like the bigger picture is my big question of all this. Where's the bigger picture? Where's this going? Um, Falcon I loved, but they're just they they the episode started out short. This one we got forty five straight minutes, not including commercials. Um, oh, if you're expecting any post-credit scenes, we don't got that here. Um, like to quote Deadpool, yeah, we, we couldn't afford that. Like, wait till the last few episodes, then they do the post-credit scenes. But I like this one more because they packed a lot in a in a, in a, a like a 50 plus minute runtime, and you're still going to get a lot more. Falcon, I just kept wanting more, and I felt the ending. I felt kind of underwhelmed because it was gr- the last few episodes were great. But the payoff, I'm like, okay, like where are we going from here? Um, but yeah, I like, I like, I liked how this one started. Visually, it was cool. Like, like, like the, the, the whole el- like emphasis on timelines, time, time, multiverse. Like, if we had multiversal war and all that kinds of stuff, and it just kept referring. Okay, they're uh, we're obviously getting focused on multiverse. So that that so that's that's happening and. We'll probably find that it's probably going to start with Spider-Man um, in December. So the whole multiverse is going to start. And then this is all going to lead into the big one at Doctor Strange. So I, I like that they're building up about the multiverse because I think that's kind of cool. Um, there's a lot of funny moments in it. I like seeing how Owen Wilson's like, dude, you're a loser. You, you, your, your main power is you can get your ass kicked every single time. I showed him getting beat up by the Avengers. And then... Him losing that bet to Thor, and he's like, when he does the whole escape and the whole DB Cooper um, in the plane, hey, there's a bomb in here, um, and he's and he's got and he got all the money. He's like, yeah, I lost the bet to Thor. He's like, hey, Honda, Thor, are you ready to beat me up? I thought that sequence was hilarious, but especially losing bet to Thor, I thought that was pretty funny. And then and then him watching 
the time, like seeing um, uh, Riga, the Frigga, the mom, and seeing Loki was the one that killed her. Like this, they had a lot of deep, like deep thing. And then of course Loki seen himself get killed. That and it's like this was kind of means okay, he might be kind of leaning on the good side. I don't know, but. I want to see, like, and I'm pretty sure I already know who that other Loki person is. I think they kind of revealed it. It's, it's Lady Loki, but I want to see where that's going to go. But I was a great start. Right. Definitely a great start to the first episode, first season. Also, too, I definitely liked how Owen Wilson is showing him aspects of his life. He goes, you mean, and he's looking at all the other Avengers and stuff like that, looking at the heroes. And then he looks at his Loki's downfall of everything that he's done. He goes, well, if you wouldn't have hired dark elves to take down Thor, your mom would still be alive. He goes, well, you're supposed to be the God of mischief. All I see you doing is, all I see you doing is killing people, killing innocent people and you're enjoying it. And then he shows a picture, uh, shows the video feed from the very first Avengers of him smiling and everything too of him actually enjoying it, and then he's calling him out on his own BS and everything, which is something that I really appreciate from it. And then you see the guilt and shame fall on his face when all of a sudden the death of his mother, and then it goes into the whole entire psychiatry of that whole entire scenario. Because remember, Loki gets up, and you can still see that guilt. You can still still see that uh, shame that's on his face. And then Luke Wilson, not Luke, oh um. Ryan Wilson goes on ahead and just makes him sit back down again whenever he thought he was going to try to escape. He goes, no, I'm just trying to work this out on my own and my own pace and everything. I'm not trying to escape. Not only that, but magic does not even work there either. That's also another thing. And at first I was thinking, okay, maybe that collar is just like on Deadpool 2 where they wind up taking away his power mm-hmm. and everything. But then it comes to find out it's a magical realm. So a magical realm, they can actually do whatever they want to do and stuff like that. So I actually appreciated that part. But Vernon, what did you what what else did you have to what did you want to dissect with this with the scene and stuff like that? No, I, I totally agree. I think um and I was sharing with you guys earlier, you know, anytime you see Owen Wilson, I think of uh, winning crashers and Vince Vaughn and <laughs> all good times, right? And um, you know, so having him in the in the movie. Um, he takes care of that, what I would say, that comic need, right? That that lighthearted uh, need to kind of drive the story. Um, I, I think the the whole, and, and Charlie really hit upon it, you know, when he opens the, the desk up and he sees all, all six of the Infinity Stones and he says, there's like, you have the Infinity Stones. He's like, yeah, we use them as paperweights. You know, like that none of what mattered in their world applies anymore. Right. And then they, he kind of sees like how vain his actions were. Right. It's, it's a really sobering uh, experience. I mean, you watch it. I think that's, I think that's the point. I, I think the point is to create comparison and reflection, even within your own life. And you start seeing like, how much of this actually doesn't matter, right? How much of this am I taking too seriously or not taking serious enough? Uh, and it really starts to make you think internally. Like, it's it's one of those that they're obviously because it's still a, a kid's movie and it's still Disney at the end of the day, you know, they're only going to go so far, right? right. And I was, I was sharing with you, I said, it reminds me of the movie A Beautiful World or Beautiful Mind. Oh, no. Right. Yeah. Yeah, Beautiful Mind uh, with Robin Williams. And literally, like, that's the type of almost 
beautiful yet dark kind of sense that is, is occurring here. Uh, Loki uh, has earned my respect for this one. Um, the actor, I think, embodies him well. I don't think anybody else could play him. I personally wouldn't want to see it. Just like I don't want to see anybody else play RDJ. It's not. I don't want to see RDJ in a different universe. Like I just don't. Or, or Iron Man in a different universe, right? I don't want to see. I think certain characters are just prone to certain actors, and they just embody them too well to be duplicated, right? So, yeah, that that's really was my my take on uh, the the episode one. Okay. Um, here's another thought, though, and I'm just gonna mention this real quick, Charlie, and I'll get you into your thoughts, but. You know, another thing, though, too, that I really have to say that I liked within that whole entire interrogation part, you know, he winds up just, like I said, with that whole entire dread. Then he winds up fast-forwarding into his life. All the memories that he had with Thor, with Thor the uh, Ragnarok, whenever they lose Odin, to the point where his downfall was trying to backstab a villain that was ten times his strength, strength and trying to take him down because he realizes that there's someone bigger and better, better than he is. And this guy needs to be stopped. And then before he knows it, and whenever you hear that whole entire thing where you hear the, whenever um, he pretty much breaks his neck, when you, when you hear the crack um, breaking again from the last, um, from Endgame, I mean, it. I, I didn't have that emotional impact whenever I first saw Endgame because I wasn't that close to Loki to be honest with you. I felt like he was a little side character and stuff like that. We saw him in other movies, but it just didn't make me care the way that I wanted to care. But all of a sudden, this move, this show comes out and it shows the timeline through everything he's done. And then it shows him dying. And then the emotional impact on him is what made me care about him even more because it's just, just how much this affected me at watching it. So I'm going to let Charlie go on ahead and take... The rain, the rains now. Yeah. Um. The other thing that I liked about the show is because when I first saw the trailers for this, I was not intrigued on the show at all. It looked kind of weird. I'm like, eh. I was more sold on maybe, maybe not as much WandaVision. Um. Like I said, I didn't like that as much. I liked aspects of it, but as a whole, it's very too weird for me. Um. I and I like I was really in this, my anticipated one was Falcon Winter Soldier, which was great, and then until the ending was kind of underwhelmed. I was going into this like, okay, I might be intrigued in this, but I like this like first episode. I mean, I was I thought there was a lot of funny moments, like when the opening where the girl, this like um, one of the T- TVA persons, punches Loki, and you see his face all slurred, and, like you're moving at one sixteenth of a second of a time, and, but you're feeling all the pain. I thought that was funny, and then when Loki finally gets his revenge on this girl, and he's just pressing the rewind button, I thought that was pretty funny. Like like Owen Wilson was hilarious, but. Um, I just love the the, the nods to re- the multiverse because I'm really intrigued. And then the whole mentioned nightmare, like they say, like the TVA department nightmare. Like yeah, Loki's like, I want to burn this whole place to the ground. Yeah, you want to start with you want to start with the nightmare department. I mean, I would love to burn that down. I was like nightmare. I'm like, oh crap. Here, yep. So there, there, that. And then the other t- thing I want to mention is the the whole like how this relates to the other shows. But I was just reading an article. I'm like, I didn't pick up on it, but. The uh, the Miss Minutes video was I thought that was really clever, like kind of like an old DMV like video yeah. and like character, and I think that's gonna be the new mascot is Miss Minutes, which is voiced by Tara Strong. Anyway, um, there's stakes from this when she's describing how everything's set up, and I thought that was perfectly because a lot of this is weird. 
timelines, that. They simplified it to the most easy way so anybody can understand it. And I thought it was cool. But anyway, so as like, so this, the article is talking about how it relates to WandaVision. So they said, and when a variant takes a certain action that deviates from the sacred timeline, a nexus point is created and a branch reality. So essentially we're getting Marvel's doing what DC did with Barry Allen, except it's going to be multiple people, not just Barry Allen messing up the timeline. Right. Anyway, um, a branch reality is formed. Should that branch go unaddressed by the timekeepers for too long, it'll redline and create a separate universe, multiverse. If you do that a bit, uh, uh, if you do a little bit of mental time travel yourself and think back to the seventh episode of WandaVision, there was a commercial for Nexus antidepressants. So apparently that, uh, that, that Easter egg points towards Wanda's history in the comics as a Nexus being. Um, which means she's a keystone to the multiverse because of her ability to alter reality in the flow of time. Um, so Nexus beings like Wanda are carefully evaluated by none other than the TVA. And in Wanda's case, it was um, prophesized that she would bear a child who became one of the great beings of the universe with the ability to entirely ma- remake the cosmos. So while that prophecy um, hasn't been addressed in the comics in 99, Billy's son, uh, Wanda's son, Billy Maximoff, fits the bill, and that adds more layers to the Earth for Wanda's quest to locate Billy and Tommy in the MCU, with no, which will no doubt continue in Doctor Strange, because at the end of WandaVision, she's like in that one post credit scene where she's in the cabin, and you see the two are two beings, one's drinking coffee and the other one's meant to meditating, then you hear the screams of the two boys yelling asking for Wanda, and then she wakes up. I'm thinking there's like a lot of this like I said, I mean, we're we're finally maybe getting connection to what is this whole phase about, and I, the multiverse is that. And honestly, if there's a multi, if they can do the multiverse where somehow, like Black Widow is alive, that'd be kind of cool. Because again, we need to question. I was like, was that the pain path for um, Black Widow the whole time since the, t- the, the timeline, everybody's got a specific timeline, no matter what you changed we did it for you I mean that, that, that this whole idea about the TVA is like, it makes you question everything again and that's that's really cool Definitely um, Another thing though too that I liked, I like the simplifi- simplification of the whole entire deal where they're explaining the time timelines and stuff like that i definitely love that then i also liked another thing that i have to say that i was really entertained by and was really smart writing as well was when you know loki had the um whole entire deal where he has the the cube back again but he can't go anywhere with it and he's just stuck there that's another thing i really liked it's like okay i got what i want i got what i came for but i can't use it so now mm-hmm. I have no choice but to cooperate with Owen Wilson and having to go on this journey. And I definitely like uh, the fact that, you know, the Infinity Stones are not a threat in this universe. It's just paperweight and stuff like that. Because we always wondered what what would happen if they were in another universe, another set universe? Would they actually have the same cause and effect that they did on us on Earth? Or would they actually be different? I love the limitations. Whenever you looked at that, that that reminds me as as kids. What would you have? What would happen to you if you had a the flying ability to fly, for example, and stuff like that? What would you do? And this is the same thing using those elements and putting it into the Infinity Stones on that part, and then also to the Nightmare Realm. I fanboyed hard over that. 
Number one, I'm a huge Doctor Strange fan. I love Nightmare. Nightmare's his number one villain. I'm he, I cannot wait to see what it's going to look like. And also, too, um, I here's the thing though, too. I think that Wanda's kids are actually connected into that Nightmare realm, especially seeing how it ended on the last note uh, with WandaVision. So I think that what we're going to get here, I think it's going to be great. Um, but yeah, Vernon, what, what about you? What are some of your other thoughts about it? So it, it definitely plays um, into the multi-universe concept. Uh, definitely ties into Doctor Strange because Doctor Strange is really the only one on uh, uh, on planet Earth side, I guess is the way to describe it. <laughs> Forgot what how uh, Loki fra- framed it, uh, but basically he's the only one in that universe that can kind of have, tr- uh, I would guess, movement between you know the, the different universes and kind of see the different outcomes so you know i i like it I, I like it a lot i think it opens up the door for how deep they want to go with dr strange i also think it opens up the door to bring back characters that may have you know died off to bring back steve rogers right to bring back chris evans right to bring back uh, a potential Iron Man, you know, RDJ moment, right? And some time lapse, right? Like it's, it just, it opens up the door for that possibility. It also opens up the door for the possibilities uh, to bring back characters like Killmonger. I think that, I think what Marvel is trying to do is what they're doing with this next phase. Obviously, it's not necessarily reintroducing new villains, but I think it's about, tying up loose ends right like how do we how do we get to this point with all of you know the all the individuals right like how do we get uh you know them to intercede and to interact uh so that we can bring and introduce new characters like the eternals you know like something that kind of caught my eye when i saw the trailer for the eternals i I was kind of like, you know, obviously I still have, and you know me, John, I I still have uh, bad feelings about the Mortal Kombat movie. I still think that ruined a lot of my uh, action cinema movies for the year. (laughs) (laughs) Terrible taste in my mouth. Um, That's going to change the game matrix is uh, the action sequences. I just, (laughs) I I got high hopes for that movie. That's true. I do have high hopes for the matrix, but, but Mortal Kombat was just straight, just, it was trash. It was it was a failed attempt. I, I I don't even want to see a remake. I don't want to see another one. But it it was uh but what it what it does allow for is that we start introducing like Wakanda right. forever coming out, right? Like that's that's in the making. Um you have you know the Thor, Love and Thunder, right? That's coming out as well. Um I actually have the complete breakdown. I think there's like eight, is it like eight or nine films that are kind of like in this next Marvel universe. Uh, but I'm I'm interested, and it's basically tying into that. My only my only concern is, and I think this is how Marvel's approaching it, because we are still in this pandemic. Uh, they don't want to exit what I would call the streaming channel because they know that they can do well there right. and put all the investment on this on the movie experience, and then you know. God forbid something happened and then we have to go back, right? So they're kind of playing it in both hands. And what they're doing is we'll give you six episodes of Loki and then we'll drop, you know, Black Widow. After Black Widow's out for three months, 
we'll give you another six episodes of Loki, <laughs> you know, <laughs> and drop the Eternals, right. right? You know, so you're constantly right. being fed from different mm-hmm. channels. It's a brilliant strategy. Hats off to Disney. It is, because um, if you think about it, yeah. in a sense, Disney does not make much money off of subscribers. They make money off of their box, box office draw. So for them to go ahead and do it in that kind of market strategy is like, okay, well, you know what? People are going to go out and see this movie. So you know what we're going to do? We're going to release the Eternals because we know people are going to go see them. But you know what? We got this other right here so people can stay home after the Eternals mm-hmm. and everything and enjoy this show from over here. So it works on both ends. There's no split ends when you look at the, the business marketing of this strategy. And I think it's actually working in their favor. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's got a lot. I just looked up for Phase 4, so there's movies and a lot of TV, so we're getting a lot in Phase 4, so it's a big one. So, movies-wise, we got Black Widow. Um, that's July 9th, so that's the first big Marvel movie in theaters since Spider-Man. Like, when you think about that, we haven't had a Marvel movie in two years in theaters. Well, just about, yeah. Because um, yeah. July 4th of... Uh, it was like July 4th of 2019 was when we had Spider-Man... Um, like Spider-Man um, Far From Home, um, mm-hmm. two years. I mean, that's a lot. So Black Widow. Then we have uh, Saint chi and the Legend of the Ten Rings. I'm not sold on that, to be honest. Um, yeah. I need to see more. I think the the fight action sequences look better in Snake Eyes than it did in Saint Sun chi but and that was when we had a full, we had about a minute and a half trailer for Sinchi. We only had like 30 seconds for black, um, for snake eyes. And I'm already sold on snake eyes. <laughs> um, then we have Eternals in November, Spider-Man in December, uh, Dr. Strange, I think is in February, February, March, love and thunder is in May. I think, uh, then black Panther, Wakanda forever. Um, forgot when that one, that's probably, July or something, June or July. Mm-hmm. Then we have the Marvels, which is Captain Marvel sequel, um, Ant Man the Wasp, Quantum Manium. That's in, like so. We got four movies in 2022, um, yep. and then two in 2023 of Ant Man and the Wasp, Quantum Manium, and Guardians of the Galaxy uh, Volume Three, and then the other two they're in Caroline Phase Four, Fantastic Four, and Blade. You know, so maybe I, I mean, we'll see. I could see one of those two getting swapped with Deadpool, but then again, that's me. And then that, and the TV shows, we already got that. So, season two of Loki is supposed to probably be in this phase four <laughs> fitting. Um, and then they mentioned Miss Marvel, so we got that. Hawkeye is in 20, so Miss Marvel's 2021, Hawkeye is 2021. I'm interested with that one. Moonlight is a Moon Knight is next year in 2022. She Hulk is next year. Yep. Secret Invasion. That's the big one I'm looking forward to because scrolls and I'm pretty sure Phase Four is not just time and multiverse, but scrolls because we've already started with the scrolls with the the end of Spider Man Far From Home. Um, Like Nick Fury's in space and and they kind of been playing the whole scroll thing about and then at the end of WandaVision. The one, um, Monica Rambeau, um, the daughter, she's space. And the person who is, I got a friend who's in space, scrolls. <laughs> so I'm like, it's all set up for scrolls. We got, I don't know what Ironheart is. I know Armor Wars. I think that's probably what's going to bring back Sharon Carter. Um, I want to know, is she really bad? I personally don't think she's bad. I think she's playing both sides. She's like the, 
double double secret agent or whatever. Um, and then there's of course the before the Guardians movie, there's the Guardians of the Galaxy holiday special. So we got a lot in Phase Four, <laughs> and we just and I feel like we've been doing this forever, but no, we've just started Phase Four. So exactly. Yeah. Um, another thing though that I want to mention is this though too, and it's the variant that he sees himself. He goes and he travels into like eighteen the eighteen hundreds yeah. at the ending of this episode. And uh, he, they say it's a variant of himself, but I'm maybe more towards a scroll than I am a variant. That's just me because of the fact that, like Charlie mentioned, is the fact that we had a lot of scrolls before. So it's making me think maybe it's not actually Loki that's actually causing these problems. Maybe it might be the scrolls that are actually doing this in a sense. And maybe Loki has a little bit to do with it, but not as heavy handed like the time people actually think. It's Lady Loki. Yeah. I'm pretty. Uh, yeah, it's definitely not. I don't. I could be scrolls. I don't know. Um, but I think they've been like in the trailers. Is that the one thing that we thought it was you know, when they were in that Soul World or whatever? We we kept thinking it was going to be Black Widow, and I found out no, it's Lady Loki. I think right. it's Lady Loki's the one that's causing this mischief. Because hence it says it's you, and and Loki and Tom Hiddleston's Loki's like wait what. Like, like the way they ended it, and they go over the Minutemen area, um, and like, and then obviously, so it's obviously Lady Loki. Um, so I'm intrigued to see how this is going to play off. Um, could be scrolls. I mean, control as right. Lady Loki could be. Again, I don't know, but that's the thing with Loki. He's able able to. He's a shape shifter. Right. Yeah, yeah. shape shifter. So, uh, what else do you guys want to talk about as far as the episode goes and things like that? You know, I, I think, um, and I think you hit on it. The, the ending was great. Um, I think I don't think it's like you said. It's is Loki himself. It's it's probably uh, a scroll or, or uh, a Lady Loki. I think is probably a great, um, probably gesture where where they're probably going with this. Um, I, I will say that the next episode, obviously, you start there. Right, and then work backwards. Uh, you can't introduce a character that basically goes undisclosed because we don't we don't see the person looks like. We see kind of a a shape. We see a hood, and we see like you know the the everything being set on fire. Right, so we don't really know. Uh, but I think you start there. I also think for Marvel, I think when it comes to Phase Four, uh, I think Deadshot is probably a better. Uh, or Deadpool, not Deadshot, but Deadpool is a better add-on than uh, the uh, what is it, the Fantastic Four that they want to add. Um, right. Yeah, I don't, I don't, I, and I don't mean to say this in a negative way, but the Fantastic Four is the Achilles heel uh, <laughs> to the Marvel Universe. If you want to see your your universe implode, introduce uh, that that team that has never worked. It didn't work when Chris Evans was in the Fantastic Four, and he was um, he was the uh, the fire guy. Right. Yeah, it was right. Yeah, the human torch. Yeah, human, yeah, the human torch. It didn't work then. It didn't work when they reintroduced it and, and put Michael B in it. Like it just it's not the actors, it's the characters. The characters aren't inspiring. They don't, you know, they don't appeal. They don't even feel honestly, they're what I would call tier three superheroes with tier one budgets. And that's a that's problematic, right? It's not it's not worth to me even introducing them. Uh, to the to the saga. What I am injured. What I am 
excited about and and wanting to see. And I know this is a totally different because I am a DC person. <laughs> like I love Marvel, but my heart will always be a DC because of Batman. I am interested in seeing Black Adam. I know it's either gonna be it's gonna be great or it's gonna be a flop. There will be no in between with this uh, film. They have a lot of great talent. Uh, I think this could be the Rock's one movie where we have to rethink, you know, and be like, man, you know, this was amazing. Uh, but you know, I'm honestly excited about it. I think it's DC's shot at actually creating a sustainable universe because right now. Their universe is all over the place, and their best part of their universe is in the anime series or uh, on TV shows, right? And and anytime the anime is leading your universe, you're already in trouble. So I'm looking forward exactly. uh, to seeing what happens there. And, you know, let's go back on your Fantastic Four uh, thing, though, too. Yeah. Because get this, Fantastic Four with the comic books used to be, like, dead last. Nobody was really reading Fantastic Four comic books. Or anything, and that's even after um, the t- the movies came out and everything too. But here's the thing: you can actually create the universe if you actually give us a reason to care for these characters, to give us right. character motivation, layers to the characters that we care about, make it relatable to us as fans, and seeing it done right in the correct way. To me, doing a Fantastic Four TV series on Disney Plus first and get those layers flushed out and then putting them to the MCU on the big screen is the best way to go about it. Think about it. They have the budget, they have the money, they have everything back in them. That would be the smarter move than saying, Hey, we're going to go on ahead and put the fantastic four back on the big screen. Again, we saw two adaptations of it. Well, three, if you count the one that I don't want to get out of the $5 bin. Um, but, <laughs> but still you can create your characters that way. Give them the character arcs that they deserve and then go ahead and put them onto the big screen to where we can be sold on. But just to go ahead and say, hey, look, we're going to put the Fantastic Four in there just for the sake of having Fantastic Four is not. But Kevin Feige always has a plan. He always has a motivation behind everything, even though we don't see it right then and there. But he always knows how to place these characters and place certain elements into certain things to where we can care about the characters, care about the motivation, and then expand it where it needs to be expanded. So I'm thinking smaller, a smaller uh, universe on a TV, then putting it onto the MCU. Mm-hmm. I don't. I think I'm personally. I'm actually more looking forward to Fantastic Four than I'm Blade. I mean, I like I, everything I've seen so far of the new Blade. I'm like, or just I wasn't. I'm not sold on Marisha Ali at this yeah. point, and I don't. I mean, I think for me, they tried that on TV and it sucked. The guy that played Blade on the TV show was horrendous. The whole show was bad. I mean, that was Spike TV's chance. Like, oh, let's make Blade. Like, there's really, I think, like, Blade is the one guy, it's like, you gotta have Leslie Snipes involved in some capacity. If you right. don't, what's the point of making Blade if you're gonna make it not R? I mean, if you're gonna right. do PG-13, Blade, I mean, come on. Like, I, I, you, you're not getting my money. Like, unfortunately, I mean, I'm a huge Blade fan. But... I, I think, like I said, I think with Fantastic Four, you got the guy. I think John Watts is the director. He's the one that brought Spider Man into the MCU of uh, Spider Man Homecoming and the other one. I think he can do a good job. You just got to get a good cast. You got that. Like, I mean, I'm going to go on a little bit on that that jo- Josh Tranks like version of it. On that, that looked horrendous from the big get go. 
from the casting choices to that, like, I mean, like, to, like, not even having, like, having uh, Sue and um, Mr. Fan, like, Mr. Fantastic and uh, that, having them as related as adopted children. Not, that's not how this goes. Like, I mean, mm-hmm. yeah, like, like, I thought the only Fantastic Four was decent was the first one, because I thought, like, they had some decent people. I thought, the again, the highlight is Chris Evans as Johnny Storm. I mean, he was great in it, and I thought they got a pretty good Doctor Doom, but what, what that, that travesty on 20th Century Fox, that was crap. Like, I watched the trailer, like, this is gonna flop. And then, of course, my brother and sister like, no, it's not. I'm like, yeah, they did. And look what happened. <laughs> Guys, like, the director, he's blackballed from directing because he had off the field, off the on-set issues. He was screaming. He was being intentionally late. He was being on drunk. Like, yeah. I uh, you probably find various articles on the director. He screwed up with this, and it wasn't just him. Everybody was bad. Like you can't you you had a really bad like bad acting, bad script, bad directing on the set issues. Everything about it looked horrendous. Um, so I mean, I think fortunately this is gonna be fourth times the charm, I guess. <laughs> but I mean, if there's one guy that can. Dude, I I got Fev and Kevin Feige because he's actually he has a good way of storytelling and build up to it. So I mean, I'm pretty sure he'll find a way to figure this out. But again, I guess I'm more look for and more Fantastic Four than I am Blade until something tells me otherwise. So I think they need to like I don't know how Blade will even relate to this fourth phase. Was everybody scrolls or whatever? Or I I, I don't know. Um, because I was such a fan of the other Blades, and I think I, I just like this. I'm so attached to Wesley Snipes as Blade. I don't, I don't want them to screw this up, but a deep feeling Disney will, and that's going to piss me off. They, I, I agree. I, I think Blade. I, I'm not sold on um, the, the the character selections for Blade as well. I think they need to uh, think about it from a casting standpoint. You know, like you know Wesley Snipes saved the blade saga you know we're talking about late 90s early millennia uh when action movies you know the only type of superhero movies you had was superman or batman right and then blade comes and blade honestly opens up the door for resident Mm -hmm. evil opens up the door for all your zombie movies that proceeded afterward you know so you know you know wesley snipes really held it down and i think it's not fair to at least cameo him somewhere which you can could do and kevin do this when you talk about introducing you know wakanda forever if somehow blade and and that team can mesh like or it's you know just like you know they don't have to necessarily be parallel but they have to mesh i think you might be able to save it uh but i there there are certain i would say there's certain stories that maybe shouldn't be sold and that's why like fantastic four you know if the fourth re- uh, reiteration of it does well i'll be shocked only because like anybody that really follows the the universe follows follows the marvel universe knows that you know the first two or first three were a failure nobody saw the third one you know <laughs> so i don't know if you just gamble and throw throw it all out on the table and say let's do this again you know and this time because because who do you draft right like who Who's Johnny? Who's the thing? You know, like you know, you, you're not gonna go back. You you've already had A list actors, and mm-hmm. it, it didn't solve it the first time. 
You know, right. so is it really the actors? Is it the storyline? Is it, you know, is it the fact that the characters to me just aren't interesting? They're they're not, I mean, they're not having the ability. I thought the human torch, uh uh Johnny Storm was the only real character that is like, if you're a kid, you'd be like, that'd be a cool superpower to have. Nobody wants to stretch. Nobody wants to be Mr. Stretch or be uh, rock solid. He's like the Hulk, but not. He's like a rock formation. You know, nobody likes. That's not a real cool superhero to have. You know, oh, so or invisible, invisibility. Yeah, or invisible, right? right. And it, and it's like, did we do that? You know, I I just think that when it comes to it, I wouldn't gamble with Fantastic Four. You can replace it before <laughs> you can replace right. it now <laughs> before it is pre-production and put out to me a viable film. Um. There's something else I want to mention too. Not only did uh, Blade made a standpoint with I uh, having the first African American yeah. character being portrayed by Wesley Snipes, but at that time nobody wanted to take a chance on doing su- superhero films anymore because of Batman and Robin. And guess what? Here comes Batman. Blade. Yeah. Here comes Blade. He saves. The comic book genre as a whole with the with that movie, it made everybody say, "You know what? We're going to give comic book movies another chance again. We're going to rebuild from the ground up and seeing what we have." And if it wasn't for Blade, we wouldn't have the MCU. We wouldn't have any Loki to be talking about right now. They would be too scared to even make a comic book movie right now because of the backlash that they got with Batman and Robin. And everything. The, and the opening of Blade was fantastic. I mean, oh, I like, still love that opening. Oh, <laughs> that opening was that. insane. I gotta watch that in 4K. But that was an mm-hmm. this is an R-rated Marvel movie. People keep forgetting Blade is Marvel, and like right. and it's kind of that as the opening. And like I said, that was not that's not a kid movie. If you're thinking, no. oh look, he's no, 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 <laughs> no kids for this. It's, no, it's scary. There's scary elements in this. But, but and the action is so good. I mean that thing, and then um, Blade Two, Blade Two like took Blade to another level. Like because again, you have Guillermo del Toro, who's this a mastermind in making like really cool looking, like like disturbing creatures. Like I mean, and then like Blade Two was awesome. Like um, I even liked the third Blade movie. That was the first Blade movie I saw in theaters. I liked it. Sure, it gave me a, if it wasn't for Blade, just remember this, people. If it wasn't for Blade Trinity, we wouldn't be having Deadpool. So just just <laughs> saying that because he was Deadpool before Deadpool happened because he kept right because he kept doing the quips and stuff because of Blade Trinity. We got Deadpool. So you think, oh, that movie's terrible. Yeah, well, you should be faking it because he gave you Deadpool. But still, um, Blade Blade was this Blade just changed the game, and like I just don't want them to screw it up. But I got right. a gut feeling that they will because it's Disney and they're going to find a way to screw this up. Yeah. All right. Well, there's one more thing I want to mention. And I would like to actually see uh, Wesley Snipes as a Wessler to that version of Blade where he's it's actually fun. training. Yeah. Because I think that would actually don't be make more sense because you get to keep the original Blade, but let him be a, a Wessler. Don't forget, we also had a white Wessler. We never had someone of color to be Wessler. So to have some, you have black representation on screen for two main characters, two characters, one side character, one main character. That's a big deal to me. To me, I think we need to have black representation, people of color and other nationalities within the movie realms and stuff like that too. And I think having those two on there would be fantastic. 
but uh, anyways um is there anything else that you guys want to mention as far as loki goes and things like that um, or i want to mention um it was visually stunning like the visuals and stuff like the part i was like wowed on was when you get to see the whole like the whole like the whole world that he's in and you see the cars floating in the air it got me a very fifth element vibe and i thought that was yep. really cool that they're able to do that because visually it's stunning they, to see this, mm-hmm. how they did that in, in, in a show, nonetheless. Um, and every time I keep looking at Tom Hiddleston, I just keep getting a whole Tommy Wiseau vibe from him. I'm <laughs> like, and like him saying, I did not, like, and he's like, it's like I did not. Like, I was like, I just, Ryan sees so much Tommy Wiseau, and that's why they need, hey, Kevin Feig, if you're listening, get Tommy Wiseau in the MCU. I don't care what it is, get him in the MCU. Because I think, like I said, I mean, because you got, because Loki definitely with the hair. I'm like, oh, yeah. I was like, and then there's a meme that was before Ragnar. I was like, I did not, I did not kill her. I did not. It's complete bullshit. I did not. <laughs> like, I just begin that vibe. I'm like, come on, get him in the MCU. I mean, I think he'd be perfect. But yeah, like, again, I had, I just keep getting so much Tom, Tommy Wiseau vibes from seeing Tom Hiddleston with the, ha- the, the black hair. Like, I'm pretty sure, I'm like, yeah. Um, but yeah, I just had to say, it, the visually looks stunning, but I had to throw that Tommy Wiseau line in there. <laughs> what about you, Vernon? What uh, what other thoughts do you have? Yeah, I, I totally agree. I think uh, Tom Hiddleston did a fantastic job. Uh, I think he truly is uh, the embodiment of Loki. I think, like uh, Charlie mentioned, the visuals were fantastic. I think the screenplay was amazing. Uh, the dialogue did not bore at all. It was, it was, it was well done and well thought. Um, I will say Tom Hiddleston is this generation's Nicolas Cage. Yeah. He is is without the, you know, like before, like Con Air, Nicolas Cage, like everything Con Air and prior to that, nothing post Con Air, right? Like, you know, so, you know, he, he is, he's dynamic on screen. He's alluring. He's dark. He almost reminds you kind of like of um of uh oh my god who played uh not Jafar but who played um in the Lion King the uh, evil lion Scar yeah oh yeah Jeremy, Jeremy Irons, Irons. Jeremy Irons. Yeah. yeah he has that Jeremy Irons type feel towards him and I think you know I think they've landed uh, a gold mine with him I I just wonder uh, the only thing I, w- I would like to mention is. I think it's appropriate to cameo uh, Thor or, or just cam- cameo somebody a little bit bigger as far as a, a tiered superhero just yeah. for the audience's sake. You know, like don't make us wait to 2022 or 2023 before we can see, you know, somebody that we were used to seeing cameo for half an episode or, you know, three minutes, just enough that it's like, okay. They're coming back, and you know we can kind of follow the breadcrumbs, right? And this is my final thoughts on the show as well. I feel like you know he, they gave us a reason to care for Loki and everything, even though you weren't the greatest Loki fans or anything like that. It gives you a reason to come in, tune in every Wednesday to check out Loki. It also cure is power driven. It gives you cause and effect of what happened. And everything too with Loki because at first it was like okay what about cause and effect for Loki what what happens to Loki what's the cause and effect behind the madness and everything else it goes into his whole entire psyche of who he is 
and everything else too. And it gives you layers to Loki that we haven't seen before where he's actually feeling guilt and shame for the first time. He's actually analyzing his own thoughts about what, his own motivations and questioning his own self, which we never saw before. So I'm definitely glued in. I'm tuned into this. Visually, it looks great, like Charlie says. Has that Fifth Element kind of vibe to it. This show looks like it's going to be great. I can't wait to see the other episodes that we have after this. But great introduction, great intro to the character of getting to know this kind of world that we're going to be visiting in. And also, to the time-traveling stuff is explained really simplistic and everything. So can't wait to see it. Perfect episode. Uh, Vernon, quick question. Where can everybody follow you at? Follow me on Instagram at CVMK33. My podcast episode, my podcast is the name of it. Is It is what it is. Every Monday at 7 p.m. Central Standard on YouTube at CV Space K. Uh, we discuss a plethora of things. I'm not as talented as my man John over here and Charlie, so I you don't know, get into the Marvel Universe as much. I've done one episode. I need to go back. Uh, but it's just a it's a vast universe, and you need subject matter professionals to speak on it because there's just a lot of content to cover. Uh, but follow me on there. Hit me up on an IG at CBMK33. All right. And everybody, you guys can go on ahead. Go to bonfire.com forward slash movie lovers tonight. Get yourself a Mafia Talks t-shirt before they go out. We only have two more days before the campaign, and those shirts are going to be gone. So get one of those shirts. Another thing, too, is follow me on Facebook at Movie Lovers, TV Lovers Tonight on there underneath the same brand name on Instagram as well as on Pinterest. If you want an audio-only podcast of this episode and you don't feel like watching an hour-long YouTube video, how do you do that? Just go on ahead, get going ahead, head over to wherever you guys get your podcast from and head over there. Also, too, another thing you guys can do, give me a thumbs up, give me a like, and also share this with everybody. Let everybody know about Movie Loves Unite. Another thing uh, that I want to actually mention is this. How do you donate to my page? Go just head over to Movie Lovers, Movie Lovers Unite podcast. And how do you do that? You just go on ahead, go to gofundme.com forward slash Movie Lovers Podcast, and that's how you can donate maybe 5 to $10. This is just to keep the lights on here at Movie Lovers Tonight. If you guys can't, I totally understand. I appreciate, though, if you guys can't do that. But just a simple like, simple share will be great. Uh, you guys can also follow me on Stereo at Movie Lovers Unit. How do you get in touch with me? Just go on ahead, email me at movieloversunite at gmail.com. Of course, you can follow me on Twitter as well at Movie Lovers Unit. And always until next time, guys, it's been real. It's been fun. Thank you, Vernon. I do appreciate you coming on the show. It really means a lot to me. Charlie, thank you as well for giving your thoughts and opinions and stuff like that on Loki. Same thing with you, Vernon. And we'll be back again next Wednesday, same time, 8 o'clock Central Time, 9 o'clock Eastern, and 6 o'clock Pacific Time. And always until next time, bye-bye.